Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Realtraps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Our clients include famous mixing and mastering engineers, corporations, and even a research lab at MIT. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Realtraps. Visit Realtraps.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Have you ever wanted to know the beauty of the Bible? I mean, I know people go to church, but really learn the Bible in an expositional way. We're going to find out what that means. The beauty and power of biblical exposition. Our special guest, Douglas Sean O'Donnell, he joins us. Welcome. Thank you, Michael. Great to be with you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit Realtraps.com. And great audio starts with great gear, and Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. Preaching the literary artistry and genres of the Bible. So I don't want to be a downer, but I just want to say I've been looking for an expositional church forever, and I can't seem to find one. Can you explain why? I had a similar experience, which actually surprised me a bit. Uh, even people who are in conservative churches or denominations who wouldn't preach or don't preach expositionally or thought they were preaching expositionally, but but were really preaching more topically or, or using the Bible sort of as a launching pad for applications or, or other sort of hobby horses. So I can understand that to some extent. Um, thankfully, in my background, I've been to 
one good expositional church after uh, expositional preaching church after another. I want to transfer to where you live because really though, I mean, I'm looking everywhere and I cannot find, and we want to talk about what biblical exposition is, of course, because, you know, you know that the pastor's uh, job is to dig through the Bible. They've been entrusted with the, the treasure of God's word, you know, the truth, and that should be the most important thing. So how can we get the church to once again, wrap themselves around a biblical exposition, and what is it? So Brian Chappell gives an, an excellent uh, definition of expository preaching in his book, Christ-Centered Preaching. It goes like this, the main idea of an expository sermon, the topic, the divisions of that idea, the main points, and the development of those divisions, the subpoints, all come from truths the text itself contains. No significant portion of the text is ignored. That's something I always keep in mind when I'm preaching, if I covered everything. In other words, expositors willingly stay within the boundaries of a text and its relevant context, both historical context and literary context, what comes before, what comes after, and do not leave until they've surveyed its entirety with their listeners. Uh, so I always say, you know, when I'm listening to someone preach, you know, have they covered the whole text is one thing I ask if they promised to do so, <laughs> or if the scripture reading was that. And the other thing I say, was that sermon scripture saturated? Or was it just a little bit of, of scripture and then a lot of stories and illustrations and applications? So that, that's an excellent definition of expository preaching. I mean, let's just say like this is a Carvel cake, okay? The Bible. And people pick around just for the, the chocolate-covered crunchies. We've been entrusted as Christians with the Bible, you know, all we have are the words that, you know, Peter said, Lord, where should we go? You have the words, right. you know, to eternal life. So I'm just saying for edification purposes, we need to get back to this because the question is, in the end, are pastors really conveying that we understand the Bible in all of its fullness, the truth, every book of the Bible? Isn't that the uh, the goal? Yeah, absolutely. To, you know, preach well, every Sunday preach scripture, but if, if you're in a in a pulpit ministry for however long the Lord lets you be there, uh, just, you know, to get through as much of the scriptures as you can and to, to mix it up a bit, to preach from the Old Testament and the New Testament and different types of genres uh, within the Bible. So people get a full-orbed understanding of, of what God is saying to them today. I've come to passages in the Bible that I'm preaching through a book, like the end of Second Timothy or end of Colossians, both have those long lists of names and Romans does as well. You come to something like that and you say, oh, this can't possibly be relevant. I should maybe skip over this or not really do justice to it, kind of quickly get through it. But I have found when I do sort of deep dive and deep study and, and make sense of what's going on there, those have been some of the richest sermons, not just for me personally, but I think for my congregation. Like, what are the names doing there? Why is that significant? I think the more I preach expositionally, the more I see the beauty of how God has laid out his word and how everything is significant. You know, years ago, I preached a short sermon series on Job, and I basically just covered the beginning and the end of Job because that's the storyline. If you just do that and you leave out everything in the middle, you leave out a lot of what Job was really wrestling with. He was wrestling with his friends not believing him. He was wrestling with loss and what to do with that with God. And so if you've ever suffered, if you've ever had friends accuse you of things that aren't true, it's it's a long haul and it, it takes a while to process. It takes a while to get out on the other end. So I found the more I've read and studied and preached God's word, the more I see the beauty and the riches of, of what's there and how it can be incredibly valuable for each and every Christian, every congregation as well. 
And what happens? I mean, what do you notice when you look at the congregation? I mean, gazing at the pastor, if they are talking about like a devotional or preaching or topical versus expositional preaching, I mean, how do they grow? Yeah, I mean, I think people grow when they, you know, church can kind of be defined as, as God's people gathered around God's word and through God's word, his sacrament as well. That's modeled, you know, in Nehemiah 8, when God's people gathered around God's word and a revival broke out, you know, the people wanted to hear the word and the, the word was explained to them. And then they were sorrowful over their sins and, and joyful. Um, and I think that should be the normal church experience. Not, you know, every Sunday you're going to have all the, the range of emotions as expressed in Nehemiah 8. But I think that model of what a church service should look like. And, and of course, the synagogue was based on that. And Jesus in Luke 4, for example, gets up and reads the word and then explains the word. And so that is, I think, how God has intended. That's the a means of grace by which God grows his people. There are many other means of grace, but that's definitely one of them, is the Bible read and the Bible explained, illustrated, and applied. And so I think people, especially during the COVID age, when people thought they don't need that sort of gathering or they could just watch it on TV or on their screen, something's missing because it's not just the preacher communicating God's word, but it's also seeing people you know and love listening to that word and engaging in that word and and having emotions because of that word. So I think it's absolutely essential that the scripture be the center, or not even the center, the whole service should be saturated with scripture, but the scripture reading and preaching being the center of what's going on when we're gathered, God's people gathered around God's word mm -hmm. so that God's people might grow. That's what God is offering, the Bible, right? So we might as well get, get to know it as Christians, uh, know every bit of it. And that's why we have you on to learn more. The beauty and power of biblical exposition, our special guest, Douglas Sean O'Donnell. He's Dr. Douglas Sean O'Donnell, and it's preaching the literary artistry and genres of the Bible. By the way, uh, Dr. O'Donnell, he is the senior vice president of Bible editorial at Crossway, where he also serves as chaplain ordained in the PCA and a fellow for the Center for Pastor Theologians. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to learn more about biblical exposition and what it is right after this. Since 2015, Autonomous is dedicated to building ergonomic office chairs and electric standing desks with the highest quality materials. The Autonomous product lineup began with the original office standing desk, the Smart Desk, and now spans several categories of smart ergonomic office tools and accessories, as well as new software solutions for modern hybrid work offices. All of our products are not just great looking and durable, but simple to use in order to unleash their full potential. Visit us at autonomous.ai and use code Messiah Radio for a 5% discount on your total order. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely 
extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Acaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Acaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports. Visit acasotech.com. Okay, we're back with Dr. Douglas Sean O'Donnell. He has a book called The Beauty and Power of Biblical Exposition. We know topical preaching. I'm sure you've heard that and uh, devotionals and so forth. But uh, again, if we're really honest, how many churches now do biblical exposition? Now, you mentioned that in seminary that, of course, you know, you have to learn Bible exposition. And so uh, what are the challenges for people who are, you know, getting into seminary, learning about uh, biblical exposition, and even the challenges for uh, pastors and, and maybe your plea to them to get back to a biblical exposition, what would they have to do? When you get out of seminary, I think there are lots of temptations. One is that you think people won't like biblical exposition, so I need to be more relevant in some way, as though biblical exposition isn't relevant, which I disagree with. There's the pressure the pragmatic sort of pressure. I need to grow the church. And so the best way to grow the church is to dumb down various aspects of the worship, including the sermon. It may shorten the sermon, may just kind of get right to the point or ignore the Bible altogether and make it a very man-centered type of service and man-centered type of sermon. We have to learn God's word. I mean, how else can we get closer to God and, and to appreciate? I mean, if people knew that this Bible was beautiful, you know, the words, not just the uh, sermonettes, you know, but the words. Also, you talk about the literary artistry and genres. So let's talk about that. So how do we divide uh, the Bible rightfully, uh, literary artistry and genres? Where do we begin? Genre is just a word for uh, different types of literature. So I think we're all aware that the Bible contains different types of literature. You know, if I said, are there poems in the Bible? You'd say, yeah. You know, are there Proverbs? Yeah, a whole book of them. <laughs> are there letters? Yeah, you're, you're aware of letters and narratives. Of course, there's the Gospels and many of the passages in the Old Testament are, are narratives. And, and of course, the Bible is one big story put together. There's the meta-narrative. And then, you know, occasionally you come across prophetic and apocalyptic literature, uh, something like Revelation. But I think all of us know that there are different kinds of literature within the Bible. This book was written to help pastors primarily, but I, I've had some people tell me, as the book's just been out about a month, uh, lay people who have read it or reviewed it, who have said it's been helpful for their Bible reading as a lay person. How do I read a poem? You know, how do I read uh, a proverb? And and what's the difference between the two? And and how should I read them differently? But then also going back to the preacher, you know, how should he preach them differently? For example. If you're preaching Psalm 23, all you do is take the ideas out of it and you turn it into basically like preaching something from a, a letter from Paul. Like, here are the three ideas that Paul mentions or the three applications that he mentions. Well, that's not how the psalm was designed. It was written as a poem. And so a poem is intentionally, uh, it gets you to slow down. Every word matters. It is asking you to feel something <laughs> typically uh, at the end uh, or through it all. And so preaching on a psalm should be a lot different than preaching, for example, on an epistle. And I think a lot of pastors, they may have understood that at some point, but they, they don't apply it a lot. 
either they're lazy <laughs> or people, they think what my people really need is these three applications from this passage. Instead of what they need is to experience and enjoy what the poem might be saying that would be different than if David decided just to write out, I'm thankful that God protects me. Kind of captivated by this uh, only because, you know, the words of scripture, it's not of this world, right? So what are we doing trying to make it like the world when it's, you know, God speaking to us uh, from heaven? If you had to kind of just, I don't know, walk through the ABCs of it and what would it sound like? And there's just a balance between your explaining which is often called exegesis. So what, what does this passage mean? Uh, what did it mean to them? What, and then what should it mean to us? And th- then, then you transition to application. And applications can be given throughout as you explain. So exegesis and application. Or at, at the end, maybe you walk through the passage. I sometimes like doing this with a narrative. Like, let me retell the story mm. and then give some applications at the end. And I have a talk about the balance of expositional preaching you want exegesis or explanation of the passage, you want application, but then also you want illustration. So one, have you tackled the text? Like, is there every every verse has been covered? And then second, what was the balance? Because people do need breaks from explanation. And so you want to give little breaks, little breathers uh, as you preach. And, and those usually come in the form of an illustration or an application. They can also come in other forms. I often use just witty asides (laughs) to get, it's part of my personality, but it's also, it kind of draws people back in through laughter or gets them to think at a deeper level, depending on how witty you are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as far as writing the actual book here, uh, The Beauty and Power of Biblical Exposition, Preaching the Literary Artistry and Genres of the Bible, what made you feel that you can either improve on this subject or what was the, I don't know, inspiration behind writing it? There's so many books on the subject. Where is this book a little different? I'm hearing expositional preaching, but I'm I'm not always hearing it done correctly. Like I just mentioned, like Psalm 23, not you're taking the poem out of the poem. <laughs> um, and so how do we train or retrain pastors to think carefully and have tools? This is very much a how-to book, how to understand, but then how to implement different strategies in how to preach. There's a lot of books on preaching, but there are not many books specifically on how to preach uh, the literary genres of the Bible. You can do this, and if you do it, it will really improve and help your preaching. And if you don't, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I mean, he's entrusted you with all the books of the Bible, which he wrote, right? Inspired. I think, you know, it's it's kind of like a mandatory thing. People should get your book. I mean, this is uh, Douglas Sean O'Donnell. He joins us, one of the authors, along with Leland Riken, The Beauty and Power of Biblical Exposition, Preaching the Literary Artistry and Genres of the Bible. I know times have changed, and I know that pastors have to grow the church. But, you know, like back in the day, evangelism was huge with uh, Billy Graham. Uh, You don't see evangelists like that anymore. Uh, Was it true that back in the day, didn't every church do a biblical exposition? That's a good question. I would say it was definitely, there are different sort of schools of preaching. And I would say, yes, maybe 50 years ago, you would be hard pressed to walk into a Protestant church, an evangelical church, and not hear a Bible sermon. You're saying that it's only the demands. Are you sure about that? It's only the demands of running the church that has stopped all this? The demands are one thing. I do think a pastor has to wear a lot more hats than he used to. And sometimes the congregation doesn't value preaching as much, and they value other things that are important but shouldn't be central. I mean, you have to believe, <laughs> right? If you believe it, you you want to tell everybody about it. No, that's right. Yeah. I think, though, with evangelism, sometimes 
pastors don't believe in the power of the word, <laughs> and they think they need some gimmick. The task of preaching doesn't always become central as it should, and that really is detrimental to evangelism and the edification, the growth of Christians. Yeah, I appreciate all that because the, the whole idea is to fall in love with Jesus. So we do that through his word. You look at Chick-fil-A, right? It's packed because people think that when they eat Chick-fil-A, they're closer to Jesus. And, so, and that's how it should be with biblical exposition, you know, going through the genres of the Bible, falling in love with it. And speaking of which, uh, one last component before you go, I just want to uh, mention this. You, you talk about the components of a story, and we all love stories, and that's important. Uh, you talk about, maybe you can address all these, uh, the setting of the story, the characters of the story, the plot. Tell me why all those are important if you just go through that uh, as far as setting of the story, the elements of the story. Yeah, what is a, a plot? The beginning, middle, and end, you've got a problem, you've got a solution, you know, th these sort of elements. What is a setting? Why is it important? Every biblical narrative has a setting. It might be really shortly mentioned, or or it might be a lengthy setting and a significant setting. And then there's a character and characterization. So who are the characters in the story? What do they do? What do they say? How do they interact with each other? Um, so all of those components are significant in any piece of literature. But in the Bible, the narrative that we find in any piece of literature is also in the Bible. Narratives are narratives in the Bible. And so we need to understand those basic components and even teach our people how those things work. It's almost like a, a brief class on English literature. You know, I can tell people when I'm preaching poetry, for example, I can say this is called a parallelism. What that means is this first line is parallel to the second one. And let me show you what I mean. And we might think like, oh, people would be really bored by that. But People are, are interested in interesting things. And, That's right. And in all sorts of walks of life, you know, we learn the language. Grasping such things makes us better readers, and if we're preachers, better preachers of God's Word. Dr. O'Donnell, you are making the Bible cool again. I mean, you know, and it's beautiful, the beauty and power of biblical exposition. And we want to learn about this, about the artistry, the genres of the Bible. Uh, we all love stories, and you explain it beautifully. I'm looking at here in the back of your book. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read this. It says, to properly preach God's word, pastors must discern its specific literary nature. Many preachers, however, treat the Bible as a single genre and fail to do justice to each text. And as a result, uh, congregations over the years, they've lost this critical component to understanding scripture. And so you're helping us fall back in love uh, with our first love, which is Jesus and how he fell in love. Uh, with the Word of God, pastors and Christians alike, would you do us the uh, the favor of praying for the church? Because again, I challenge anybody, where is the expositional churches out there? I want to go through you know, every book of the Bible. I want to learn it and fall in love with it just like anyone else. So if you would pray for Christians and, uh, and pastors, uh, we'd appreciate that. I'll do that. Thank you, Michael. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we are so grateful for your written revelation that teaches us about the Word incarnate, Jesus, but about so many other things, about the gospel, the good news, about how we find salvation, but teaches us also wisdom for living and for sharing the good news with others to help them appreciate the beauty and power of your Word and to understand it better, to apply it better, and to live it out for the good of your church throughout the world and for the glory of your name, in which we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for writing this book, uh, Dr. Sean O'Donnell. Again, The Beauty and Power of Biblical Exposition, uh, How to Read and uh, Teach Literary Genres from the Scripture. Thanks for being on the program. Happy to be here. Thank you.
Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit Realtraps.com. And great audio starts with great gear, and Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information.